Welcome to Taste Talks, episode 48. We're here to talk about tiny tots and serving Jesus. Tiny tots, not tater tots, but no. tiny tots. Tiny tots, talking about our little toddlers. It's so difficult. I mean, I've been there. I had four kids and just getting to church and just being there is difficult. And today we have Janessa and Jonathan Armstrong. They serve in Tucson Baptist Church. He's the executive pastor. And they are right in the midst of it. They have three young children. They have a two-year-old daughter, and they have twin one-year-old girls. And that's heavy, heavy on mom when you're serving the Lord and you've got these small children and and people think, hey, it's such a glorious position, but but trying to get all the kids together. I can remember this. I can remember at the end of the service trying to get the kids together. We'd get three of them to, at the, at, by the front door, and then we'd wear the other two, and then the other two, we'd get the other two, and the other three were gone. And you lose the other that, one. That's right. <laughs> and then they do unexpected things at the absolute wrong time. So just what a privilege. Just getting them there. Yeah. Just, just being there and not being, you know, 30 minutes late. So having you, Jonathan, and you, Janessa, here with us this morning is going to be great. I'm, you're you're going to enjoy meeting the Armstrongs today. Tots and serving Jesus. And uh, we there's nobody better to talk to about that than you two, because you are in the midst of it. You uh, Tell us a little bit about your children. So Janessa and I have been married for five years now, and we have three beautiful daughters. Raylan is almost three, and then God bless us with beautiful twins. And so Emery and Brinley, they just turned one about a month ago. These are beautiful babies. They're twins. One's got brown hair, and other's got uh, got uh, blonde hair. The other one's got and, and the blonde's got blue eyes, and the brown hair's got brown eyes. So these are beautiful. I said, how do you tell them apart? <laughs> but uh, I mean, they're they're beautiful uh, children and, and you're a wonderful couple. And so we're glad you are in the midst of being involved in ministry. You're the executive pastor and the executive pastor's wife. And that's heavy, heavy on, on your shoulders. And at the same time, you're raising your family. I can remember when my wife and I first got married, we thought, man, bringing children into this crazy mixed up world. Should we do that? I mean, are we going to be able to minister and, and still be a mom and a dad? That's a very uh, stressful situation. And I, and I really didn't know what stress was. I just thought that's got to be hard. And then I found out when I got uh, married and we hack actually had children, it was hard. <laughs> so we want to talk about, uh, about, about that and talk about uh, how um, how uh, you are doing and how, how do you do that? How do you mix and how do you balance uh, ministry and family? Uh, because that's something that a lot of people are trying to do. In fact, a lot of people just quit and just give up uh, because it's different. To, it's difficult. So uh, many times people with just one baby uh, say, oh, wait a minute. I have a hard time. A lot of ladies say, hey, I have a hard time. Um, it's difficult. So so if it's so difficult to have your family in church and you in church, why is it such a priority? Early on in our marriage, Jonathan and I had decided church would always be a priority for us. 
And so when God did give us Raylan, it didn't seem as hard to get into church with that one baby. But then once the twins came along, it has brought a lot more challenges. But early on in our marriage, we decided church was going to be a priority. And God has blessed these babies to us. He knew from day one they were going to be ours. And so just not letting our priorities waver during that time um, and keeping a priority. And it's always worth it in the end. Once you get to church, it might be a battle to get there. But by the time you're leaving, you're never questioning yourself whether it was the right decision or not. Isn't that amazing? You, It is. It, and it's just a battle yes. to get to church. I'm just... Sometimes when you're a young uh, mother or a young father, it's it's a battle just getting up. Uh, I mean, and then knowing you got to get them up and 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 uh, is there any keys to like getting them ready? Things that you would say, hey, on Sunday morning, we we do this in preparation for Sunday morning. Absolutely, um, it starts Saturday nights for me. So Saturday evenings, we're never out late just so the girls can get to bed at a good time and not be cranky. Sunday morning is our goal. But even just laying out all of the outfits you'll see on my couch, all the shoes, all of the hair bows, everything as laid out as possible, diaper bags packed, and still Sunday mornings can still be as crazy as ever, but I was prepared as much as possible to have the best Sunday morning starting Saturday night. I can remember my wife doing that. Yes. And then I can remember Sunday morning trying to get hair done. <laughs> and uh, so, so, I mean, and then the hair, the older they get, I just want to warn you, the older they get, it doesn't get a whole lot easier because their hair gets longer and there's much more to do with it. I I know, I personally know, and I say this to you, Jonathan, how to use a hair curler. <laughs> I, I know how to use a, a one of those hot irons. I know what it's like to have your child look at you and say, you just burned my neck. Daddy, you burned my neck. So, <laughs> and so it's very interesting. Jonathan, you got anything to add? I'll say that I'm so blessed to have Janessa because she's a go-getter, and uh, she really does do the best that she can with this. And um, specifically going to church, uh, we, we've made it our priority going to church, but then when we get there, it's our priority to serve. And we just we know it's a priority to be there, but if we're not there, then there's a hole missing. And so I think that also helps us just make sure that we get to church because we know that we're there to serve people. And I'm so thankful that we have great nurseries at our church that allow us to place them in a loving nursery, but then also have the opportunity to go serve other people in in various capacities. Nursery workers have a special place in heaven. Absolutely. There is a, there's a place and it's, it's like, it's like the Academy Award place for, for, it's like (laughs) the the great, the hall, yeah, that's it, the Hall of Fame, where we could not do what we could do uh, if it wasn't for uh, the nursery workers that God sends, and uh, man, what a blessing they are! And so, I, 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 to all you nursery workers out there, I would say, listen, you have special crowns in heaven. They're not really mentioned in the Bible, uh, but they, there's a crown in heaven for you because uh, preachers couldn't do, and preachers' wives couldn't do what they are called to do if it wasn't for you faithful servants and Sunday school teachers the same. So what particular ministries are you involved in within uh, uh, Janessa, within the, within the church? Right now I will do, I'll serve in nurseries and the Sunday school classes and then choir as well as on Sunday evenings, Jonathan teaches our growth group. And so just being a part of that and serving alongside him, reaching the young families. Having, having your wife in the, uh, in your growth group with you is, um, 
is so essential, isn't it? Because what my wife used to say, my wife, when we first started, of course, we had nobody. So my wife did everything and I was doing everything. At the end of the day, we would just collapse into each other's arms or, or, or not <laughs> just collapse, uh, because we were so exhausted. But the, uh, um, but having my wife being in services with me, uh, and being able to, to interact with her in those kind of group settings, so, so essential because God's called us as a team, mm-hmm. uh, not as individuals. And, um, the 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 knowledge that I need her so much is so so important. So wow. So how'd you learn to work as a team when when it comes to toting these toddlers off to to church? Well, I think there's a, a quote that says like it takes a village to raise a family, and uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm so thankful we have a unique situation. So on Sunday mornings, I actually get to church pretty early just to get things ready. So Janessa is superwoman, and she gets all the kids dressed and, and in their car seats. And then when she gets to church, it's just that's when it's like go time. And, and uh, so I'll meet her at the car and those types of things. But really, it's just— it's Have you got a—is is that a planned thing that, you know, that you're going to meet her at the car to help her abs- get the kids inside? Absolutely. And every single Sunday morning, she'll text me, hey, I'm leaving the church now, or I'm leaving the house now. I'm five minutes away. I'm here. And so as soon as she's there, I go to the back parking lot. She parks in her parking spot, and I'm just there. And I get the stroll. If, it's really funny. If, if someone were to record every single Sunday, it would be like we have it all scripted out because I get the strollers out. I put the car seats in. and, and we just. But how we started, it, it was just communication and saying, she's like, Jonathan, this is what I need help with. And I'm like, okay, I will do that so I can help. But we had to, we had to have a conversation about it. Because if not, then there would just be some expectations that weren't being met, which would lead to some disagreements later wow. on. I had a, my, my daughter-in-law, uh, uh, my son Joshua would come home well, when they, right after they were first married. And they were both going to school at, the, at that time. And they were both working jobs at that time. They got married as, uh, as seniors in college. And uh, she left a note to him one day. Because he'd come home and he's just not naturally a, a, a housekeeper. He's a visionary, not a helper. And uh, so uh, she wrote him a note one day on a little post-it note. I, I don't know if they still have that or not. I would like to have that. And it said, it said, Joshua, I can be a whole lot. We can have a whole lot more fun together at night if you can help me with some of these things during the day. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, and he took it. He said, "Oh, that's good. Good to know." And so, uh, whatever we can do to help that time together. So the um, uh, so communication is so key, isn't it? And uh, so, what are some of the things that you need to communicate to him? What are the things that you? I would say um, just us communicating that when I get to the church, he knows he's always there to help me unload, get the girls to nursery. But then even just right after church, we kind of have our go-to if we're getting the girls or meeting each other. But when he communicates with me, if he has a meeting after the Sunday morning service or if he's going to be doing greeting or baptism, whatever it is, and just letting me know ahead of time helps me so much more. I'm not frustrated looking for him. Where is he? Why hasn't he gotten Raylan yet? And it's easy to get overwhelmed in the mass crowds and everything. But then also I'm able to ask for help. If I know I don't have him, I have my mother-in-law, I have other friends that are happy to grab the girls for me. And so as long as when he's communicating and we're on the same page, everything runs smoothly and there's no frustration at the end of the day. Yeah, that's my wife said to me years ago. She said, David, she said, I'm supposed to 
arrange my life underneath you. If I don't know what you're doing, I can't do that. I can't do my job unless you'll tell me what I'm, what it is. And so uh, it really is. And it's a, for a man, most men, it's a learned trait to listen. Uh, it's a learned trait. My wife oftentimes will grab, even now, will grab my face and say, David, look in my eyes. Because I am a visionary. I'm a go-getter. I am a by nature a workaholic, and I'm always focused on a, like six things that are going on. And she, she'll she grab my face and not rip my face, but just slowly turn my face towards her and say, David, uh, <laughs> uh, look in my eyes. What are we doing and where are we going? And, and uh, that communication is so, so key. Mm-hmm. Jonathan, you look like you wanted to say something. I'm just thinking about uh, how to be an encouragement to young families. And uh, so there's two stories. First time, w- the first time we flew with our daughter, Raylan, um, she was crying a lot. She, we were like the classic family on the airplane where we have a screaming baby and we were trying to console her. And we were just so stressed out because we, we couldn't get her to stop. And so I picked her up. I take her back to the, the back of the bathroom. And the guy who was sitting right behind us, he's like, finally, she's leaving. And she, he said under his breath that I'm like, oh, my word, I can't believe he just said that. And, like, we all felt the tension, but he was the one who said it something. But then just a couple uh, weeks ago, we were flying with three daughters, and we were just very stressed out. And before we even got took off the air, the flight attendant came up to us and said, I just want to let you know that it doesn't matter if your girls cry. You'll never see any of these people ever again. <laughs> and I was like, I love this lady. She's so encouraging. Yeah. Could you come to our church? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter what you do. I'll pay you to come to our church. Just smile. Sit in the back yes. and smile at me. That's exactly right. But it was just like, just, there was just so much encouragement there. Mm-hmm. And and I think that was just Janessa and our communication. When when we're open and honest with each other about our needs, when we meet each other's needs, there's that encouragement that's just, okay, there's not that tension anymore. That's just we feel we both know we're on the same page, and there's just an encouragement in that factor. So yes, folks, let me just say this to you as that are listening, and maybe you're not a pastor or a pastor's wife, but let me just say this, reemphasize this. Yes, these things do happen to pastors and their, and their kids, and as they're getting ready to walk out the door, I can remember specifically walking out the door one day, and just as we were getting ready, and it, it's, we had to be at church like if we left right then, we were going to get there just on time. And and then my baby just puked all over me. I don't know if you're allowed to say that on radio. I guess so because this is my podcast. So, I mean, all and what do you do? Now I know we're going to be late or I'm going to speak to people with vomit on my shirt, you know. And then there's other things, just natural things that take place with children as you're walking out the door. And it's so important that we be considerate and understand that about all the young couples that are in your church. It's not just the pastors uh, that are young couples. We need to be aware. And what can we do? And when you see that mother looking like she's exhausted, say, hey, can I help you by holding? But now sometimes that can even be a problem. Some strange lady comes up and says, can I hold your baby? No, don't touch my baby. Uh, But if you know that person, you know that mom, you know that dad, and you see you see them trying to manipulate some children and getting them around, uh, going up and saying, hey, can I help with that? Would be a tremendous, tremendous help. And I think this, it's important 
that we're able to receive that help if somebody yes. says, can I help, can I help you? Maybe you would like to speak to that. Since we've had the twins, I have absolutely taken almost everybody up on any help that they've ever offered. <laughs> uh, it's just, it's a necessity. And I'm so thankful, like we have ladies in our church, if they'll notice Jonathan and I are greeting at the door, or if I am talking to somebody a little bit longer after the service, I've had them come up and ask if they can go get the girls for me. And that means the world. I don't have to be like, oh, wait, stay, stay right here. I'll be back in a few minutes. And I come back with my crowd and someone's probably screaming by now. And the conversation's over. You're done ministering to that individual. So I'm so thankful for the ladies, though, that see that. And they'll kind of keep our watch out. Uh, they keep our backs and they'll go get the girls for us, pack them up. I've even gone to the back parking lot and the girls are already in their car seats ready to go. And it's it's incredible, but God that lady people. that de <laughs> she deserves extra stars in her she crown does, as well. She does, and so it allows us to minister to others. But in the end, they're ministering to us, and so yeah. I'm so thankful for that. My daughter-in-law said to me one time. She said, uh, she said I never realized what it was like to be a pastor's wife. She said it's like being a cast member at Disney. It's like <laughs> being a Disney princess. You when you walk out there, everybody it wants your attention, yes. and and. Uh, and it's there's there's that pressure, it's that pull, mm -hmm. and you want to. The, mm -hmm. th the thing is, in your ministry, you want to minister, mm -hmm. but you also have these three or four hands that are like pulling on you. Right. I, I was at a I was at a Bible college one time, and I told my kids as soon as I'm finished preaching, we're gonna leave here because it was down in Southern California. I said as soon as we're finished preaching, we're gonna go over to uh, Disneyland. And I, this was like the greatest thing in the world. And, and uh, my, uh, my daughter, who was eight years old, it was her birthday. So she comes up to me afterwards and she starts pulling on my, I'm, I'm trying to minister to these college students. And she starts pulling on, Dad, are we leaving now? And the funny thing was, my, it was Matt and Josh and Charity, the older ones that were saying, go down and start bugging him because he'll, he'll sit here and talk for two hours. And, and there's just that, there's that pressure to go. And then you don't know, sometimes you don't know where your kids are. Yes. You say, where, where, you know, I, uh, when they get a little older, uh, I, we would say, okay, I got two of them because we had five of them. We had we've got two of them. We're the other three, and we get the other three, and then the other two are gone. <laughs> and so there's so much of, of that, that that goes on. Well, Janessa, if you could suggest one thing uh, to dads out there on what they could do to help their wives enjoy church and service, uh, what would it what would it be? What, what, I would say just remaining aware of your wife and their needs or the children because a lot of times when we walk into church or especially I think church events those sometimes tend to be the hardest you're there for a few hours just hanging out and playing um, and when we go into those the girls might be happy doing our thing the twins might be in their stroller I can hold Raylan's hand but a few minutes in the twins might need a bottle okay there's one of me two of them or Raylan needs to go to the bathroom and it's how to maneuver all of that but Jonathan just being aware if he does get pulled away in conversation or someone needs him somewhere he is always checking in to be like hey do you need anything real quick or texting me I'm over here or do you need me to come get Raylan and it's little things like that that just help me enjoy the events and enjoy going and not um, feeling overwhelmed or just consumed with my children the whole time kind of like what Hope was saying going to church being with her kids and then coming home being with her kids but I was able to be there still minister to people enjoy the event myself and just sharing the responsibility but he's always aware of where I am and where the girls are that's so important yeah Hope shared with me she was in a smaller church and she'd go to church and when she went to church uh, there was nobody there to take care of the nursery so she's taking care of the nursery and then she would uh, go to uh, 
And then during children's church, there was nobody there to take care of children's church. So she did children's church, and she said to my, she said to me, Dad, why should I go to church? I'm, I can take care of my kids at home, you know. But yeah. uh, the, 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 it's so important that we include them. Jonathan, I have a problem uh, because if somebody comes up and starts talking to me, I have a, and my wife just helped me with this. Somebody will come up and talk to me, and I'll turn and talk to them, and I leave my wife behind my back, and uh, and and exclu- and I'm not, not intending. I'm just thinking about this person that's talking to me, and I've excluded my wife by just my body language and turning uh, from her, and it's like she's she's standing there thinking like, well, what am I supposed to do, you know? Uh, and I'm, I've been helped by my wife to just take, put my arm around her and say, and pull her into the conversation. So that, and, um, and I'm, uh, I'm just trying to, I, I have tried to overcome that, um, that tendency just to get focused in on one person. I have a one track mind and, uh, and it's, and I have to work at that. I think men have to work at that. What can wives do to help their husbands? Right. I, I think with specifically in our context, in our situation, Janessa has lovingly shared, like, and it sounds like your wife did with that conversation. Janessa says, these are some of the things that I need your help with. Because obviously, you know, a happy wife is a happy life. And um, and Janessa, she has expectations that I I help her. And, and wives have expectations that husbands help. But sometimes if they're not voiced, then they can't be met. And I, I read recently that unvoiced expectations are premeditated resentment. And Ooh, if uh, Janessa man. doesn't... You've come up with two or three like <laughs> comments like that. You, you must read a lot of books or else you're just very smart. <laughs> yeah. But go ahead. But in our marriage, we, I want it to be a joyful, a happy marriage. But if, if there are things that Janessa needs or the wife needs that the husband doesn't know about, then he is already losing because he can't meet those needs to help his wife go to church and then serve. Because if I'm not meeting those needs, when Janessa goes to serve in choir or the other ministries, she's going into it with a, well, Jonathan didn't help me when we get home. And, and there's just a whole myriad of issues there. So when, when Janessa lovingly, and I think the, the issue there is lovingly, it, we have a conversation and we're on the same team. And sometimes when in those, those situations, those tense situations, you feel like it's you against the other, your spouse. But in a loving conversation, she just says, hey, Jonathan, when we're at church, can you help me with these types of things? I can therefore meet those needs, and we could both go into service, not just having a fight, but working together and going to minister to people in a loving way. Wow. Men can be pretty thick. You <laughs> <laughs> have to tell somebody. I was at a couple's retreat one time, and I said, you know, I said, uh, we need to listen to what our wives are saying to us. And the, a man out in the audience raised his hand and said, well, how come she has to tell me 17 times <laughs> the same thing? And the, and the wife responded, because you didn't listen the right. first 16 times. So we, I mean, it's, we're, it's so easy to, to be distracted by other things and and uh that idea of saying to your husband wow you know listen without saying well you blew it again this time right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, you messed up do you realize what you did again uh, man uh that's so helped that loving that loving uh not rebuke but that loving suggestion and just and helping 
uh, is so, so important because, uh, again, men are thick. Right. And I'm not talking about just muscles. I'm talking about head. Right. Uh, it's, it, we, it, we learn so slow. So that, that's great. So if you could give some pr- super practical tips on, on, uh, on just doing this ministry children's thing all at the same time, what, what are some practical tips that you'd give? For me, the biggest thing is when I had, especially when we had, once we had the twins and added them to our family, was the way I viewed ministry and church and our now family of five. Instead of viewing my girls as, I guess, an obstacle or a challenge, I've learned, well, God taught me over the past year to view them as a tool. So my ministry has changed so much since I've had the twins um, in, in the best way possible. But we're able to minister to young families and... Um, moms and wives that in the past I wouldn't have acknowledged or I guess noticed them but just God's given us um, just a different view and I'm so thankful for the view that he's given us now with the girls Um, but going out to a restaurant is hard so now we have people over and you just you adapt but like I said with if he had not brought Emery and Brindley into our life I don't think I would have ever slowed down enough to acknowledge people and ministry is people but I was busy doing 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 going 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 and um with adding the twins I've had to take a step back and originally it was hard and I viewed it as not a failure but I wasn't doing enough but God gave those girls to us he knew um that we would have them we'd be in ministry and now that I view my daughters as a tool to reach out to other moms, young families, um, my ministry, I personally believe my ministry now is greater and more fulfilling than it's ever been before. It might be the hardest <laughs> that it's ever been, um, but I love, love being able to do things as a family and take our girls along with us. You know, we're here at the family conference. We could have come by ourselves, but it's been great having them. There's challenges to it, but I love every minute of it. But viewing our girls not as an obstacle or challenge or a reason to step back in ministry right now, um, but to view them as a tool and um, just see what God has for us in this season and how to best adapt to it. And everything is for a season. So who knows what the next season will bring. Um, but I'm so thankful that I now have that view, I guess, that God's had to teach me over the last year. Wow. Thank you for sharing your heart like that. That is so, that is so, so valuable. Uh, we, we look at, uh, I, I can remember this. Our first son, Matthew, was very easy to deal with. He was a very, very compliant child. And, and we thought, uh, wow, when when parents had ch- problems with their children, we thought, wow, you don't know much. And, you know, well, what's wrong with you? Are you not walking with God or what's going on? Then God brought Joshua into our life, which we, Joshua smiled at everybody. Child, Joshua was kind to everyone. But Joshua was like total movement, continual movement. It was like... We named him Joshua and said and said when he was born uh, that he would be uh, knocking down the walls of Jericho, but <laughs> he really did. He, I mean, and, and we would tell him to do something, and it, it was like, Matthew, you tell him to do something, and he'd do it. Joshua, you tell him to do something, and he'd say, what? Like, and, and, like, and, and, and we realized, whew, there's a huge difference. Same family, same parents, 
huge difference between these children. And then we and and God used that to help us not to be judgmental of others, and and understand and understand. I I, I tell young couples this all the time. You have what everybody wants. You have the husband, wife, children, loving. Uh, you have all of that, and yet, and you also have the things that nobody wants. Uh, you have all the tension that comes with raising a family for the glory of God. And, uh, uh, and your openness and your honesty in this conversation today has just been wonderful. Uh, uh, real practical tips, looking, at, looking at, ch- at, at your children. First of all, they are our first ministry uh, responsibility. And then to, to understand that God's brought them in my life so I can be an example to all of these young uh, couples. I get to, I get the opportunity to be an example for them. And one of the part of the example is saying, "Hey, I understand it's not easy." And 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 yet, look, he, we're we're struggling with certain cer- certain things ourselves. And and uh, man, that's an encouragement to people because they, some people think that a, a pastor's life is just all rosy and nice. <laughs> Everything goes well. I got up this morning and slid out of bed, floated to my slippers. We all had a wonderful breakfast together. Angels fed us, and then we we just went off to church together, and we've been smiling all morning, and we'll smile till we go to bed tonight. And, and your reality has been so great. Thank you. Um, can you close, uh, maybe Jonathan, by reminding people that it's only a season? You, uh, you just said that uh, seasons change, but uh, anything, anything you'd like to comment on that? I'm so thankful that the, and it's kind of a weird paradox, is that God blesses us with children, but sometimes children are the greatest frustration that we have because of the tension that it brings. But in every season, there's blessings and there's challenges, and so. I remember when we had the twins, uh, someone gave us advice, and sometimes unsolicited advice is the best advice. And, <laughs> and a guy came up to me, he says, listen, I hope, and we always talked about football, and he says, you're not going to be able to play man-to-man coverage anymore. It has to be zone coverage. And he's like, you're going to be outnumbered. Uh, he's like, but focus on the blessing of every season. And we took uh, our daughter, daughters home from the hospital, and we put them in the car, and uh some complications. Emery was in the NICU for a while, and they were both in the car on the way home. This is the first time they were together, and this is a moment that we'll never forget. They started crying, and they were taking breaths alternating, and so like there's a consistent crying in the back seat, and I looked at Janessa, and I said, this is such a blessing, and, and that's what we really try to do is we try to see what is the blessing of every season of our life, and we focus on that because it's easy and it's natural as humans to focus on the negatives, but every day we try to find the one blessing of the day. And you know what? We look back and our daughters, our twins are a year old. And we say, how did that happen? That was like a blink of an eye. Yeah, that but is. we look back over the last year and, and we could tell so many blessings of every single day that we look at. Because every day there's a blessing and every season there's a blessing. But every season changes so quickly. And so we're just so thankful for being in ministry with some tiny tots and so thankful that God's given us this life and we couldn't have asked or prayed for anything, anything different. Well, we're so thankful for you. I remember when I, I tell people this all the time, my wife and I got married. There were two sinners marrying each other. 
and then we brought five other sinners into the family. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that, that's that's crazy, and uh, so so you're going to have struggles, but you have a God that's with us, and that's that's the whole thing of ministry, bringing people along. And uh, our lives get to be an example to so many others. Thank you so much for being open with us. Thank you for sharing with us today uh, here on Tice Talks. We are glad to know you and to get to know you and looking forward to hearing great things about your ministry as you continue serving him there in Tucson. Well, thank you for joining us for this episode of Tice Talks. Remember, this is Tice Talks, where it's more than a conversation.